Hello everyone, I'm Dalton Burdette. I'm Tyler Wagner. And we are the Movie Knights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this because you want to hear our uncensored, <laughs> unfiltered thoughts and opinions on the world of movies and entertainment news, so kick back. Relax. And thank you for being part of the conversation. You nailed it. <laughs> I you got the R this time. You did, you did. <laughs> nice work. Excellent work. Third time, I will look like Nick. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> Welcome, Kyler, back to the show, everyone. Stepping in for Nick, who went on vacation, because I believe the quote he said before I leave was, I don't like you or the show or the fans. So, just wanted to, I heard that. you know. Yeah. yeah, he did. He he was in the, you were in the room when he said it. He did. Yeah. 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 So, you know, just uh, waiting for him to uh, eventually, hopefully, come back to us. And uh, for now, Kyler, thank you so much for being here. Of course. I'm uh, just here to shout out my YouTube channel. <laughs> Dude, it's so <laughs> funny. Whatever your answer was, I was about to be like, by the way, do you want to talk about your YouTube channel? Funny you should mention that. In the words of this chat, hey everyone, if you're a film lover, you need to check out my YouTube channel in the description down below. Uh, I react to movie trailers, watch and review movies, and have some great discussions around all things cinema. I also go live on Twitch where I get to interact with you guys in the chat. Uh, don't miss out. Head over and subscribe today. Did an AI write that for you? It did. That's horrifying. Right. And uh, I'm going to not have an existential crisis and just go on to the first story. Funny you should mention AI. I did a whole YouTube video where this AI reviewed Glass Onion. <laughs> well, I didn't see that one, actually. Was it awesome? It's pretty cool, actually. I'm it did a whole review that. about Glass Onion, and then I got to comment on if it was uh, accurate or not. It kept it very base level, and they got the general plot wrong, but... <laughs> Huh. It gave it a good review, which I agreed with. <laughs> Great. Excellent. I'm glad <laughs> the AI is going to make writing irrelevant. Yes. Any <laughs> anyway, let's uh, move on to our first story here. So uh, we want to start off with something that uh, a follow-up on a story that we reported on last week. Last week, we talked about the Wonder Woman 3 film no longer moving forward. And at that time, there were stories in the trades going on that said that uh, at the end of the day, it was Patty Jenkins who eventually walked away from that deal that they had offered to give her some changes as to what she could do, and she said no and left. Well, in that time period, Patty Jenkins has come out and made a statement on her Twitter um, putting those claims to rest, saying the following. This is just a short excerpt of a longer thing of what she said. When there started being backlash about Wonder Woman 3 not happening, the attractive clickbait false story was that it was me that killed it or walked away starting to spread. This is simply not true. I never walked away. I was open to considering anything asked of me, it was my understanding that there was nothing I could do to move anything forward at this time. DC is obviously buried in changes they're having to make, so I understand that these decisions are difficult right now. Uh, she also mentioned in her thing that she's actually still developing Rogue Squadron, that that has not been taken off the table, the Star Wars movie that she was going to be working on. It's just that it's had to be put on the burner back and forth because of this movie and Rogue, Strog Rogue Squadron, but with this movie officially no longer happening, she's going to continue to de to develop that movie until Star Wars decides to cancel it in a few years. So, um, uh, with that being said, uh, this brings up an important light on what was going on because uh, rumors started circulating that James Gunn is going to be doing a full DC reboot, him and Peter Safran, the new uh, CEOs of DC Studios. Um at the end of the show, we're going to go into another story involving this whole thing, but I want to keep it into the Wonder Woman conversation right now. But before I throw it over to you, Kyler, uh, James Gunn commented on Patty Jenkins' Twitter and replied saying, I'm paraphrasing this, but he basically said, I can confirm that all of my interactions with you were nothing but professional and polite. So basically, her saying like, 
I didn't walk away from it. They told me that they're going in a new direction. There was nothing I could do to move forward. And James Gunn saying every interaction we had with you was pleasant. So it's basically just them trying to put an end to the whole like, oh, she she said no because it was they all for clickbait. <laughs> yes, yes. But basically, uh, what are your thoughts on Wonder or Patty Jenkins coming in, clearing the air? saying that um, it was not her who walked away. It was just simply a changing at the guard and uh, whatever she had in mind is no longer a fit. And do you think this will lead to a full DC reboot? Um, I think that it's good that she clarified, you know? Uh, Obviously, there was a lot of stuff being thrown up in the air right now. James Gunn is in there with Zaslav just chopping things left and right because they are trying to build a new foundation for DC. Mm -hmm. Um, I was hoping that they would get rid of Wonder Woman in that <laughs> chopping of everything because I personally think the Wonder Woman franchise is bad as it exists today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patty Jenkins, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of your movies. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Wonder- that's right. You didn't even like the first Wonder Woman film. That's right. I didn't like the first one. It was underwhelming. Uh, the second one was just laughably bad uh, with the whole character development and arc of the villain being made and. Mm-hmm. She's like literally meowing up. You're like, what's happening right now? Yeah. Like maybe it works in the comics in the fifties and stuff, mm-hmm. but it, it, wouldn't the movie come out 2019, 2020? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jenkins, you can do better than that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. Cause you're working with star Wars. Stop it. Stop it. I didn't <laughs> say that. Um, no, I'm, I'm glad that uh, she's going to be uh, working with them and hopefully rebuilding something that's going to compete on the same level of Marvel when it was at its highest. Yeah right yeah um because obviously there's a lot of things being thrown around right now and dc has had like 17 batmans and 40 40 jokers and <laughs> there's all this stuff where they don't know what's happening henry yeah. cavill may or may not be the witcher stone. <laughs> um <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff happening mm-hmm. obviously um but patty jenkins has no reason to get hate hate on the internet for yeah. doing nothing wrong yeah she you know didn't walk away she wants to be a part of it and Mm -hmm. they're confirming yeah no it's all good so let the paparazzi say what they want yeah i'm i'm happy about it as well i'm glad she cleared the air and honestly i hope whatever she makes next she knocks it out of the park uh because me personally i like the first one to run film a lot it's one of my favorite these movies in the dc world as it currently stands but i uh I share the sentiment with you of the second film, however. Uh, so what do you guys think about Patty Jenkins clearing the air, uh, saying that she did not walk away from Wonder Woman 3? It was just told to her that there's nothing that they're going to do at that time with that character kind of leaning into the reboot speculations, which we'll circle back to again at the end of the show. Let us know as we move on to our next story. And this next story is fucking... We, we knew something like this was going to happen, but I also want to clarify after I read the quote as to what it exactly means, because I've already seen people on the internet kind of go crazy with what is about to be said. So um, Christopher Nolan is coming out with a film next year called Oppenheimer, and it's about uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer, who um, was one of the inventors of the atomic bomb, uh, you know, huge figure in history. And uh, as you know, Christopher Nolan loves doing uh, practical effects in his films. For example, in Tenet, Uh, They actually decided that it would be cheaper to crash a real 747 into a built airport than uh, use CGI and hire a bunch of people to do the visual effects for it. So they bought a real 747 and crashed it into a building. So that's kind of his style. And with that being said, um, they, for Oppenheimer, recreated practically the first nuclear weapons test done. And uh, he revealed this in a quote with Total Film. This is Christopher Nolan in Total Film magazine. 
I think recreating the Trinity test, the first nuclear weapon detonation in New Mexico, without the use of computer graphics was a huge challenge to take on. Uh, Andrew Jackson, my visual effects supervisor, I got him on board early on, and I was looking at how we could do a lot of the visual elements of the film practically, from representing the quantum dynamics and quantum physics to the Trinity test itself, to recreating, with my team, Los Alamos up on a mesa in New Mexico. So I want to clarify, before <laughs> the internet goes crazy, no, the government did not give him, like, special permission to drop a fucking atom bomb. That's, Allegedly. That's that's not what happened. <laughs> we don't know for <laughs> sure. <laughs> As Andrew Garfield says. Yeah. Yes. But that was good. I like that. No, but uh, no, they didn't drop an atom bomb. They basically just used a shit ton of explosives to make it look like the first atom bomb test. Yep. They just did a real explosion. They Honestly, probably you, there's a special powder that really goes up with the smallest explosion. So they probably used a bunch of that. But, uh, you know, I saw the headlines going around of, like, they dropped a nuke for Oppenheim. No, they didn't. <laughs> but uh, anyway, even it's not even though it's not a real nuke, this is still crazy, crazy. Like, they reconstructed uh, the town of Los Alamos and then blew it up. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Good for Nolan. And, he deserves uh, it. <laughs> I can't wait to see the shot in the movie, personally. But um, I, I just think it's a testament to the, the when it comes to Christopher Nolan and his films... There's really nothing the guy won't try practically. I feel like there's a level of CGI versus practical and, you know, mm -hmm. doing things in the computer versus doing it in real life. And Christopher Nolan's taking it to the extreme where he obviously hates <laughs> CGI. Like, it's to the point where he's like, no, no, no. I don't care what it costs. Mm -hmm. And I will not produce this movie until <laughs> this is done in real life no interstellar they literally shot on a melting glacier yeah that's true. Uh, <laughs> inception <laughs> they created an entire hallway and said we're actually gonna make it rotate yeah uh well, what's another one uh they crashed the plane into they crashed the plane in ten. <laughs> um and for oh and batman they uh, flipped a semi-truck they actually real. flipped a semi-truck yeah <laughs> he's a psycho <laughs> and I love it. Uh, good for Christopher Nolan. Good for all practical VF practical uh, mm -hmm. effects artists. And uh, also, maybe this will help the other studios and other directors respect the CGI artists more. Yeah. <laughs> because they overwork and underpay them like crazy. Yes, they do. Which is why we see uh, half-ass done CGI in a lot of movies nowadays. Because they're getting work to the bone. And the deadlines are impossible. And you can't do that with practical effects. Mm -hmm. You have to put in all the work check all the boxes make sure it's done right and it shows because the movies do really well yeah and sometimes so, you get one try yeah yeah but if you want to have a cgi type movie that reaches that level you have to put in the time and put in the effort and pay the people properly yes so yes. i think uh, you know christopher nolan keep doing what you're doing keep fighting fighting them fight the good fight against cgi yeah uh he has one of my favorite like if you watch the I'm going to say the most nerdiest thing ever. If you watch the Dark Knight director's commentary, um, when they flip the semi-truck, he's talking about shooting it practically. And he goes, yeah, the only CGI here is we couldn't get it to flip initially. Like, there needed to be a force to get it in the air. And the ones that was in the air, we could flip it. So the only thing that CGI is we built in the ground this arm, like this metal thing that would come up and just hit the truck in the air. And we oh. erased it from the shot. And he goes, but... When it shoots out of the ground, it emits CO2 that's visible, and it was just too hard to take out the CO2. So when you watch the movie, magic CO2 burst, and then the truck flips, and I just, I, I didn't care. 
<laughs> I'm just like, awesome. I don't care either. No one else cared either. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a real semi-truck flipping. Yes. <laughs> Who cares about the CO2? <laughs> yes, exactly. But what do you guys think about Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer actually recreating the Trinity test to shoot it practically? I can't fucking wait for this movie. Um, <laughs> let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. And this this one's just a fun one. Um, uh, John Cena and Jason Momoa are two big... Uh, movie stars at the moment. Uh, John Cena, you know, was in the WWE for a long time. Who? In <laughs> in our era, I say our like our age, growing up, like John Cena was very big. Uh, Jason Momoa started coming up. He really blew up with Aquaman and the early DC stuff. And John Cena also in DC with Peacemaker. But uh, finally, as the worlds come together um, in an exclusive from Variety, those two are going to be not only doing a movie together, they're going to be doing a buddy cop style comedy together. And here's what Variety had to say. Warner Brothers has recruited the muscle-bound actors for the feature project, plot details for which are currently under wraps, though we imagine it involves a holiday gone wrong. Kyler. I'm stoked about this, I must tell you. Uh, Because I think John Cena, early in his career, he he tried to do a bunch of action films, and it really didn't work out for him. Like, we all remember The Marine. It was a shit movie. And uh, he really, really tried to go down that route. But then he was in Amy Schumer's movie Trainwreck. And John Cena was fucking hilarious in Trainwreck. Like, I remember the first time I saw that movie, I was like holding my stomach laughing so hard. I've actually never seen that movie. Dude, after this, I'm going to show you like John Cena's part in it. It's so fucking funny. But then from that, people started to realize, oh my God, this guy is seriously funny. And you started to see him show up in these other comedy movies. He was in uh, Blockers. He did um, The Suicide Squad and then famously Peacemaker. And he crushed it on Peacemaker, especially with the comedic elements. So seeing him and seeing the rise of Jason Momoa, who just oozes charisma and seeing them in a movie together. By the way, the movie's called Killer Vacation. That's what the movie's called. Um, is there a chance this movie will be bad? Sure. But there's a chance all movies will be bad. And I personally am just ready for the fun of this movie. What are your thoughts, Kyler, on Jason Momoa and John Cena doing a uh, rowdy action comedy together? Uh, you know, I'm hopeful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of action movies, as yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I think I went into it a little bit on a previous video that I posted uh, where uh, for Violent Night, that review. Yes. I was mentioning how I'm not a fan of action for the sake of action. Mm-hmm. I think action should drive the plot forward in some way. Um, unless they're saying the foundation right from the very beginning of, no, this is just action. Um, like the raid. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, there's someone at the top. We have to get him. <laughs> and then it's an hour and a half long of so him good. getting him. And it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> but the action's amazing. Um, I like that Jason Momoa and John Cena are doing an action movie together mm-hmm. because both of them are trained in action, yes. especially John Cena with the live element. Mm-hmm. So he's really good at faking real uh, fighting. Yes, he can sell very exactly. well. Mm-hmm. So this would possibly make for a really good uh on-screen performance for both of them um when you said movies that he's done blockers Mm -hmm. i didn't think he was good um i didn't like that movie though Mm -hmm. um he was in fast nine right yeah okay he was not good in that yeah no (laughs) uh he was good in peacemaker Mm -hmm. so hopefully um the people that they're working with know how to direct and work with them to make them as good as they can be. Jason Momoa, I'm not talking a lot about him because it's Jason Momoa. Yeah. 
he's really good, excluding uh, Aquaman, of course. <laughs> so I love his Aquaman performance. I think Aquaman is a horrible movie. Um, <laughs> but maybe that's just my James Wan uh, bias coming out of me. <laughs> and the thing that's briefly talking about your James Wan bias... I'm still so happy that The Conjuring 2 is so good that how much you dislike James Wan, you're still like, that movie's great. James Wan has made simultaneously the best and worst movie I've seen. <laughs> how can he make The Conjuring 2? Can you guys believe he doesn't like Malignant? Malignant? That's crazy to me. Malignant's fantastic. But yeah, no. So Jason Momoa, excluding like the DC stuff, he he is good. You know, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, Dune, mm-hmm. um, just anything I see him in whenever he was he's good in Dune. Yeah. Yeah, he he's he's just a very present on screen actor, and you want to watch more of him. So, yeah. I'm excited to see what happens. Um, do I think the movie's gonna be good? Probably not. <laughs> I think it's gonna be like a solid throwaway. Like oh, I'm bored for the evening. I guess I'll throw this on. I don't see it uh, going crazy in the box office. But here's the thing: I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be like Stuber, and I gotta say, I know a lot of people in our group consider. St- Stuber, the definition of bang average. Can I tell you something, Kyler? Stuber is bang average. Can I tell you something? Hmm. I love that movie. <laughs> I love it so much. It didn't get the credit that it deserved. I love Stuber. I feel like you and Nick, well, you both love Stuber. Mm-hmm. And I know Nick, one of his favorite things is um, buddy cop movies. Mm-hmm. Yes. And one of your favorite things is action comedy. Yeah. So I feel like this is a movie very much not for me. <laughs> but Probably. I'm going to watch it Probably. just to check it out. I, I I assume it's going to be bang average for most people, but for those that like action a lot and those that want just a dumb comedy with John Cena, mm-hmm. it's going to be a really good time, I'm sure. Yeah, and like, you know what? No, I'm going to stay on Stuber for a little bit longer. I, <laughs> I, I won't do it here, but I legit, I could write an essay on like why I think Stuber is an underappreciated movie. And it's not just for the comedy. Like the comedy, yes, it's very funny. Like I did spit out my popcorn when Camille Nanjani says, "Let me guess, you want me to take you to all the Sarah Connors in town?" Like, like, <laughs> fucking hilarious, right? I would do it briefly. I love Stuber because that movie, at its core, is about two people who have different definitions of what they think it means to be a man because of their upbringings. And when you place those two people who think being a man is one thing and being a man is another thing, and they go on this adventure together where they both learn that they were both wrong, and at the end of the movie, they both become real men by putting away what they thought a real man was and move it forward, it's great. I I love it. I I get where you're coming from, right? (laughs) Problem, I don't know if the writer knew that they were doing that. I think that was some subconscious outlet that they were writing into existence. I think they were writing a buddy cop action comedy movie. And and I found the message. Yes, and you found the message that they were really trying to get at all along. Uh, So (laughs) maybe the real stupor was the friends we made along the way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but what do you guys think about Jason Momoa and John Cena doing a new movie together called Killer Vacation? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. And I'm going to throw an audible here. This wasn't planned, but I, we were talking about Oppenheimer, and it got me thinking about it. Did you see the trailer for Barbie? I haven't yet. Oh, my God. I need to watch it. I know. It's so good. I know. I know. I haven't seen it. Well, no, unless you want to do a reaction on your channel. I, I did want to do a reaction. Okay, I won't make you watch it then. I, it came out this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I heard it was really good. Um, I saw a single still from it, I think, uh-huh. and they were they were paying homage to or making a reference to 
um, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yes. That's all. Yes. Yeah. That's all I'll tell you. And uh, yeah, definitely do a reaction to that on your channel. It's great. But anyway, now we're going to move on to our uh, final main news topic of today. And, you know, Kyler, I got mixed feelings on this one. Hmm. I got to tell you. So, for those of you that watch Black Adam, the, you know, seven of you, according Adam. to the box office. In the mid-credit scene of that movie, and, oh, you're going to spoil. Fuck off. If you haven't watched Black Adam by now, you didn't want to see it. Right? Fair. In the mid-credit scene of the movie, Henry Cavill's Superman shows up. And it's not the headless. Wait, does he really? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the headless Superman that we got in Shazam, which fucking still drives me nuts that they even allowed that. Like, if you couldn't get Henry, just cut just cut the cameo out. Like, why did they? Yeah, anyway. Um, and uh, the studio then told Henry Cavill, hey, make sure you announce on social media that you're coming back as Superman as we're going to start developing Man of Steel 2. All seemed okay with the world because I know you don't think so. I love the movie Man of Steel. Like, regardless of even if you get into, like, the later DCU and the Snyder stuff, outside of all of that, which I personally like more than I dislike, although I do have problems with it, I really like the Man of Steel movie. The only personal issue I have with the Man of Steel movie is that I think the third act isn't paced great. And it's, and it's not the action. It's just that there's so much action that it's almost overwhelming. Like, that's the only issue I have with the movie. And that is, to me, is a minuscule problem. But I loved Henry Cavill as Superman. I love Man of Steel. And at some point, I'm just looking at the watch. Like, maybe one day I'll take my grandkids to Man of Steel 2. And then we were we were there. He came back, Kyler. We were about to get it. And then Hollywood Reporter even later revealed that the, the showrunner of Peaky Blinders was hired after Black Adam came out to write a treatment for Man of Steel 2. And he was going to include Brainiac as the villain. And as a comic book fan, I'm like, what the fuck? That would have been so cool. But as we mentioned before, Warner Brothers came under new leadership before Black Adam was released with David Zaslav. And um, the heads of Warner Brothers Pictures were Michael De, Michael De Luca and Pamela Abdi. They are like the Alan Horn role at Disney back when Bob Iger was the CEO pre-pandemic. Mm. They run all of Warner Brothers movies. Dwayne Johnson was like, hey, new leadership. Can I put Henry Cavill in this movie? And they were like, no, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, okay. And they did because their plan at the time before they hired people to run DC, according to the trades, were let's do one more Justice League movie with the Justice League we have now and then we'll reboot. That was their plan. Mm -hmm. So bringing back Henry Cavill made sense. But in between Black Adam coming out and now... James Gunn and Peter Safran were hired to run DC Studios and were told, hey, give us a 10-year plan, and if we like it, go forward. Mm -hmm. Well, last week, they revealed that plan, and it was approved. And part of that plan, we know Wonder Woman 3 was no longer moving forward. It also includes a new direction for Superman. Aren't they um, turning Superman into, like, a younger version they are gonna to go, show his upbringing? They are going to go younger Superman, and they said that it's going to be a Clark Kent based story a lot like I'm we're sure they already had a really good series about that years ago <laughs> called, What's Smallville? It called Smallville or something <laughs> they, oh my god they should do something like that <laughs> yes just get Tom Welling bring him back <laughs> but uh but but anyway um James Gunn actually went to Twitter and Henry Cavill went to Instagram and in a joint statement announced that 
he would actually no longer be playing Superman anymore despite what happened in Black Adam. And this is what James Gunn tweeted. Peter and I have a DC slate ready to go, which we couldn't be more over the moon about. We'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the new year, which is very soon. Among those on the slate is Superman. In the initial stages, our story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life, so the character will not be played by Henry Cavill. But we just had a great meeting with Henry, and we're big fans of his, and we talked about a number of exciting possibilities to work together in the future. Hollywood Reporter even going on saying that they offered him another DC character, but they didn't say what it was. Dark Superman. <laughs> but um, it's also rumored that apparently they've met with every everyone who was already cast, and they're having these meetings with them, which I don't know if you heard about one that I'm amped about. I'm going to get to in a second. But they met with Gal Gadot, and Patty Jenkins said, hey, not moving forward. Met with Henry Cavill, said not moving forward, but told them we ha- if there's other stuff we want to do, let us know. Mm-hmm. Jason Momoa, it's been rumored, has been offered to play the role of Lobo, a DC character that he was born to play. If you know the character, it's like match made in heaven. Who? Lobo. Uh, but But that would mean that he would no longer be playing Aquaman. And uh, uh, so they've oh, okay, so okay. they've they've been really respectful about like kind of going through all the people who are currently working while also wanting to do their future and their plan. Obviously, the main crux of the story is going to be Henry Cavill no longer being Superman, but Kyler. Guess what the Hollywood Reporter revealed? DC is dissolving. <laughs> Did you need the Hollywood Reporter for that? <laughs> well, what's the news? They met with Ben Affleck. And in their meeting, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck said, hey, when I was brought on years ago to be a part of this universe, I was told I would get to direct. I still want to direct something. And James Gunn was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, we want you to direct too. What do you want to direct? He's like, I don't know what you have planned. And they're like, oh, we can't reveal that yet. When the right project comes up, you'll get to make it. And James Gunn even tweeted that, that we want Ben to direct one of our movies. So we're finally going to get a Ben Affleck directed DC movie. Thank <sighs> Christ. I love Ben Affleck are as a director. Are there any uh, DC superheroes that are from are Boston? From Boston? <laughs> I knew you were going <laughs> to fucking say that. If so, it's going to be a great movie. I knew you were going to fucking say that. Am I wrong about Oh my God. If, it, if he's from Boston and directs a superhero <laughs> movie from Boston. That will be the greatest superhero movie ever made. Any other city? I don't know. I don't know. But Ben Affleck's really good in his hometown. Yes, amazing. But uh, but anyway, I'm excited about that. So a lot came out about these conversations. Apparently, after the first of the new year, they're going to start announcing what part of the plan is. But uh, I'm going to throw it your way, Kyler. Henry Cavill's no longer Superman. Give me all of your thoughts on how you think the situation may have could, could have been handled better. Sure. And overall, what are your thoughts on the direction that DC is going? I will go into that one second. Dead man. DC character from Boston. <laughs> he should direct that. I swear to God, if it announces that Ben Affleck is making a dead man movie. Dead man. Yeah. No, this could be it. This could be the one. Even has crossover with Wonder Woman, and <laughs> this could be it. But uh, my thoughts around um, how all that was handled, uh, it was handled really poorly, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I think the main issue is uh, social media, mm-hmm. and every individual that was a part of this mess is in the public eye, so they are trying to share their thoughts, their opinions, and give their... Uh, 
give their fans updates as they find out but the problem is they don't know so they're also kind of just making some small assumptions along the way mm -hmm. and that leads into one thing over on to another and then all of a sudden james gunn's like hold on x y and z is canceled we're not doing wonder woman we're not doing this we're not doing this stop let's let's all stop saying random things because then everyone is disappointed mm -hmm. um Henry Cavill being Superman, then not being Superman, then being Superman, then not being Superman, then maybe going to The Witcher, now not going to The Witcher, which is a different story. Now yeah. he's maybe getting cast in some other thing. Warhammer. Like in Warhammer, but who knows if that's even true at this point. Yeah. Uh, it's a mess. Um, I think it just shows how internally misaligned everyone is at that studio. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that James Gunn is pulling things. I'm glad that Zaslav is, you know, pulling things so that they can really figure out their mess before they actually start moving forward. I'm glad that they didn't say, oh, Ben, when you're directing, yes, we want you to direct and we want you to direct this movie. They didn't give him that. They're like, mm -hmm. when the right project comes along, because mm -hmm. they know at this point that they don't know enough yeah. to give any solid things. Mm -hmm. And they know if they said anything, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, Vulture, what else is going to be reporting on it? And then the news will change in three days again. Yeah. So I think it's best if everyone just holds their horses a bit and we get to understand what is their plan and um, see if there's some press release or some announcement that they're going to make when they're like, hey, this is our full plan and it's locked in. Kind of like what they do at D23 or the Marvel yeah. uh, or Comic-Con where they're like, hey, this is our plan for the next three, four, five years. For better or for worse, these will be coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they can do that over at DC mm -hmm. and then we can actually start having some real conversation around these uh, actors that are going to be portraying these superheroes that are beloved by so many. Yeah. And because I feel bad for Henry Cavill and I feel bad for the fans of Henry Cavill Superman because the whole dangling of the keys mm -hmm. just back and forth, it really sucks. And however... James Gunn and Peter Safran are in the unfortunate situation of inheriting problems and then trying to do their own thing. And I think that I'm glad because what I think happened is James Gunn was like, hey, the fans of Henry Cavill deserve to know now that it's not happening because I don't want to string them along for years like what they did with Henry Cavill previously of like, is he? Is he not? Mm -hmm. They're just like, let's just tell him. Let's rip the bandaid off not a thing mm -hmm. and uh as sad as that makes me i think if i was in charge of running a studio i would reboot and i would do the same thing now granted it would be fucked up if he says the movies he made were canon that would be fucked up <clears throat> but I, I honestly think it's going to be a new slate we get a third suicide squad is what <laughs> i'm hearing yes but actually the hollywood reporter in this story actually said that james gunn is writing the superman movie but no one is attached to direct, and he doesn't think he's he does, he's not sure if he's going to direct. They're probably mm. going to bring in a new director, but he is writing the script. So it looks like the movie they're going to launch with is a Superman movie. And you know what? I will take that, because at least I fucking get a Superman movie. Even if it's not the one I was hoping for, Jesus Christ, just give me a Superman movie that again. That will be called Man of Steel 2. <laughs> That's their That would reboot. be fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but overall... With everything, I think we're in the we're in the shit of it now, but maybe the grass is greener on the other side, and I'm hoping that it is. Yeah, I guess only time will tell about what's happening at DC. So, 
Yeah, quite literally, quite literally. And uh, before we move on to uh, the B-roll, I just wanted to take care of some quick housekeeping. While we love having you join and watch us on YouTube, we get that life gets busy, you're constantly running around, and maybe you just don't like to see our faces, especially Kyler's. So for your listening pleasure, the Movie Nights Roundtable is available in audio-only form on Spotify, Apple, Google, and all other major podcasting platforms. Simply open your podcasting app of choice, type in Movie Nights Roundtable, and look for that big yellow logo, and vice versa. If you like listening to us on the audio, thank you, but please consider subscribing to us on YouTube. Just type in Movie Nights, and again, look for that logo, and hit subscribe. With a K. Nights with the K. Yes, because we think we're clever. <laughs> um, Kyler. Yep. We are now going to move on to the B-roll. I'm going to just Yahtzee some headlines to you and get your quick thoughts before we move on to the rest of the show. And it begins... Now, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Netflix is going to be distributing the live-action My Hero Academia movie that Legendary Pictures is producing. Horrible. (laughs) Bad. Next. Next. Um, According to Deadline, uh, Alan Spielberg, daughter of Steven Spielberg, uh, she has made short films before, but she's getting her feature director debut from Thunder Road's Four Assassins and a Funeral. Love nepotism. Next. (laughs) Hey, if it's good, I'll take it. (laughs) Dale Earnhardt Jr. is good. (laughs) I don't know why that was the first. (laughs) We were going to NASCAR. We went straight to NASCAR. (laughs) I don't even like NASCAR. (laughs) Uh, According to Deadline, Norman Reedus has joined the John Wick spinoff movie Ballerina starring Anna DeArmas. Thoughts? Norman Reedus is Daryl. You said Norman Reedus and I thought you were talking about the guy with the bat in The Walking Dead. That's <laughs> Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Let's repeat that entire uh-huh. bit one more time. Take two. Norman Reedus <laughs> yep. is joining a John Wick spinoff movie, Ballerina, starring Anna DeArmas. That's going to be bad. Oh, yeah. You don't like John Wick. I don't like John Wick. That's insane to me. Um, Anna DeArmas has way more misses than hits. That's just not true. It is. It is. Name her hits, and I'll name... Name her misses. I'll name more hits. No, we're doing this now. <laughs> I will name more hits than you. I'm not even looking it up. No, I. I all right, a miss. Um, Deep Water. Yeah, okay. Or are we gonna go hit for miss? Or? Okay, okay. Deep Water. Blade Runner 2049. Um, No Time to Die. How was that a miss? I think the movie's good. She was great in it. I don't know. She's one of the best parts in No Time to Die. She plays a dunce. But did you see that dress? Just because she looks good doesn't mean she acted well. And she kicked well. ass and she I did disagree. and she acted well. That is definitely a, a win. No time I, to die is mine a win. Mine is a miss. <laughs> it's, I think the movie is good. I think she isn't good in it. Wrong. What's another hit for you? Knives Out. Okay. Blonde. Is that a hit? No, I I haven't seen it. But I heard I heard she's good. The movie's just bad. Um Let's see. Anna DeArmas hit. Oh, um, it was one of her first movies. Um, the name is leaving me. Man, I really had confidence that I could do this. Are you thinking War Dogs? Yes. That's not. It was one of her first American movies. Ah. She uh, did movies in uh, uh, other countries before that. Another miss. Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves. That's pretty bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, another miss. Exposed. Eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> But you haven't seen it. You can't say it's a mess. I'm, I haven't seen that one. It does have an 8% Rotten Tomatoes, though. Yeah, look at No Time to Die. You want to go there, Kyler? <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> anyway, my point is, 
on for that b-roll that's a that's a no that's a bad for me i still can't believe you don't like john wick that fascinates me but uh moving on b-roll according to deadline the blumhouse five nights at freddy's movie has casted ready okay apparently you're hearing this news for the first time (laughs) blumhouse's five nights at freddy's has cast josh hutcherson and matthew lillard (laughs) (laughs) quick thoughts yeah one probably not gonna be good (laughs) two josh hutcherson in it will probably make it better yeah three they've already made a five nights at freddy's movie called willie's wonderland (laughs) that's true i'm excited about matthew lillard shaggy come on i'm excited uh next he's gonna be the murderer probably uh (laughs) doing b-roll the hollywood reporter damien chazelle has signed a first look directing and producing deal with paramount studios what's this movie gonna be about apparently it's for a few movies like it's he has a first look deal with paramount where do you jump off after you do jazz hollywood jazz hollywood is there another trilogy oh, he's have gonna you seen make? the trailer there's jazz in this movie too buddy of course there is of course okay well he's a good I, I like all his movies so yeah he's a great filmmaker and look and this just continues to show paramount is fucking winning and they've been winning for years don't call it a comeback they've been here for years <gasps> and finally on the hollywood reporter b-roll donald glover to star in produce spider-man movie in sony's universe on the villain hypno hustler i saw that question because it's obviously it's obviously going to be good because it's donald Donald glover Glover. uh question for you is he was in spider-man homecoming yes he played a role that was supposed to be a certain character in the comics he played prowler he played miles morales's uncle Okay, so who is he playing in this new movie? Hypno Hustler. But, who is not Prowler. No, but Spider-Man Homecoming takes place in the MCU. This course, movie takes place in the... I'm sorry, Sony. In the Venomverse. <laughs> I hate that so much. <laughs> Get over it. You guys are all making money. Like, what's yeah, the problem yeah. here? Just, oh uh, my God. Yes. Yes, so that will conclude the B-roll stories. Let us know what you guys thought of the B-roll and Kyler. Now it's time to move on to the box office. Box office, box office, box office. Here we go. Top five. You want to get a quick gander as to what number one was? I do want to guess. But the thing is, I have a I have a bone to pick with you about this whole box office shindig that you have going on in this oh, podcast. okay. Open up YouTube. You watch this video, you're like, oh man, my favorite part of the podcast is the box office. You look at the bottom of your screen, you can see the number one box office because it's at the very top of your description. Move it down. (laughs) You spoil it for me every week. Fine, fine. I will move it down. Thank you. No problem. I've put the Monday numbers in, I'll put them lower. Thank you. I'll do the timestamps first. I appreciate it. No problem. Avatar 2, number one, with $435 million. (laughs) Am I right? Are we doing global or domestic? Domestic. <laughs> Dude, if it made... Could you imagine if it opened to 400 I, I'm pretty sure it did uh, globally. Globally, it did, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Avatar 2. Number two. Avatar 2. <laughs> Number three. I don't remember any other movie that's come out. <laughs> so, 
I've been just watching so many trailers and movies that I've been streaming that I'm, yes. I'm so lost up here mm-hmm. at this point. I, by the way, I got to give it to Nick. He predicted all five right in a row this this time last week. Can you week. tell me all five and I'll try and guess the order? Okay. Okay. Violent <clears throat> Night, Black Panther 2, The Menu, Avatar, Strange World. Avatar 2. Mm-hmm. Strange World, Violent Night. No. Avatar 2, Violent Night, Strange World, The Menu, and whatever the last one was. Black Panther 2? Yes. No. <laughs> Good try. <laughs> Coming in first place, making $134 million, was Avatar The Way of Water. Coming in second place, making $5.4 million. It's <laughs> a big gap was Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Coming in third, making $5 million, was Violent Night. Coming in fourth, making $2.2 million, was Strange World. And coming in fifth, making $1.7 million, The Menu. So, congratulations, Nick. And let's move on to the individual numbers here that I kind of want to dive into a little bit. Worldwide, Avatar The Way of Water has made $434 million. By the way, these are the Sunday estimates. I will put the Monday numbers in the description, not first. Thank you. Um, Avatar's budget was about $350 million. So it's got to probably make around 700 to break even. It's going to. It will, especially because it's getting a China release, which is huge for this year because they didn't do many. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Worldwide total is now $776 million. It'll probably end its run in, a, in the 800 range or so, which still very successful for that movie. I think it was made for 200-something million. That's chump change. <laughs> Compared to Avatar coming <laughs> down the road. And Avatar has no competition through like New Year's, by the way. So it's wow. just going to rake in money. Uh, Violent Night's worldwide box office is, has been $55 million. Its budget was significantly less than that, so I well, I believe it was. Let me let me confirm that. Violent Night budget was twenty million dollars. So yeah, it's breaking in profitability starting today. Uh, Strange World total box office is fifty six million dollars. That is an unfortunate uh, doing because that movie's budget was about eight one hundred and eighty million dollars. So yikes and the menu making 60 million dollars worldwide good for that little movie because i know it wasn't made for much yeah it was made for 30 million dollars and it's at 60 so it's doubled uh probably usually gonna make about 2.5 to get profitable but the marketing budget on this thing i'm sure was not compared to probably a lot lower many others so it's probably considered a big success over there and, uh, yeah, that's diving into the top five. What are your guys' predictions for next week's box office? Let us know in the comments as we move on to the movie review that we have for you guys today. Kyler and I, amongst others, were fortunate enough to see Avatar The Way of Water in Dolby 3D during its opening weekend. And we'd like to bring you our review here right now. I'm going to let Kyler go first on this one because he feels slightly less on the movie than me. Kyler, go on. I'd like to preface this by saying, go to my YouTube channel for my full review and breakdown of the plot, the positives, and the negatives. Yes. Um, but uh, the general, generally speaking, I think the movie's fine. 
I think it is an okay movie. I think, uh, let's start with the positives that I have, mm-hmm. uh, which are at a high level, uh, the CGI. It's it's obviously going to look great. It's gonna, Especially in Dolby 3D. Yeah. Like it, there were parts in the movie where I was actually doing this because I thought there was something in front of me and <laughs> it was just the movie. Yeah. Like it's, the, the technology has come so far and James Cameron knows how to push it to the limit. Yeah. And he, like he does a great job with that. The difference between post-converting 3D and shooting a movie that's designed to be 3D is the difference is immaculate. Yes, definitely. It's the CGI is amazing. Uh, the other main positive that I have for it is the action. Um, I think movies that have really good action are movies that give the audience a clear sense of where everyone is at during the scene um movies like the raid that mm-hmm. i mentioned earlier movies like um lord of the rings mm-hmm. they do a fantastic job with their war scenes you can tell exactly what's happening um i'd argue movies like 1917 or hacksaw ridge they b- both do very good jobs of showing a war happening and you can understand where people are at the entire time it's going on mm-hmm. um this movie does a really good job of that as well you know exactly where the characters are at, what their motivation is during the action scene, how they're going to get to the resolution. Uh, now, going into the negatives, um, which I would argue mm, very much outweigh the positives, is the plot, the dialogue, and the length. It's almost three and a half hours long. That's way too long. Way too Oh, no, he cut it down for 12 hours. I don't care. Don't <laughs> shoot 12 hours of footage then. <laughs> Um, the plot is very confusing, um, in that they give very one dimensional, uh, traits to the characters, um, without going too far into the spoilers, the dad, Jake Soley, uh, he's like, my job is to protect my family. And that's it. That, that's his (laughs) thought the entire time from start to finish. I get it. Mm -hmm. You're a, you're a complex character who literally changed species (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you're in a new planet. Like, give me more. Give me the struggle that you're having internally. Give me how is that affecting you? It it doesn't go into anything. Um, the uh, plot also has a driving force that halfway through the movie, you're like, wait, why is this happening? Like, you know, we walked out of the theater. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can you explain what happened? You're like, well, they didn't really explain that. Well, yeah, maybe it should get explained, especially if I'm sitting there for three and a half hours, or at least give me an intermission. Um, <laughs> the narration, there's so much narration. Mm-hmm. First movie had that as well, yeah. It's insane. And then the dialogue. It sounds like the dialogue uh, it, it sounds like the dialogue was written 12 years ago, <laughs> and that they didn't know how to fix it. They're like, ah, just leave it in. It's fine. We got VFX to worry about. Exactly. And I, I got into a conversation with... Um, my stepdad about it where we're like oh uh is this he's like oh is this targeted to you as an audience member i was like i don't know it's avatar it's the biggest movie it's the sequel to the biggest movie ever i would assume he's kind of targeting everyone in the world yeah (laughs) so when you target that wide of an net maybe it's missing on some but then it hits on others Mm -hmm. I, I think the movie focuses way too much on the CGI and trying to bank on that being its biggest takeaway. Like, oh, well, come watch the movie because it's beautiful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give me a story. 
they didn't give me a story. They didn't give me a good story, at least. Um, and on Letterboxd, I'm always on Letterboxd, so mm-hmm. it has a 3.9. Mm-hmm. That's insanely high. <laughs> that's insanely high. Everyone that I follow that's like a movie critic or movie reviewer, they're all given a four, four and a half stars. Like, you're not thinking critically about the movie. Some, someone that uh, I, I follow that's like a movie reviewer. They said, James Cameron delivers on his title promise. The movie was definitely wetter than Titanic. Four stars. You're like, how is that four stars? <laughs> like, this took 12 years to come out. 13 years to get something like that. It's supposed to be the sequel to the biggest movie ever. And then they give me a storyline like that. They give me characters that are one-dimensional. They give me a three-and-a-half-hour movie where you're left unsatisfied by the end other than just the spectacle that you saw, which, again, was beautiful. I don't think it outweighs the movie, though. I, I just... I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, ignore the faults. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought you felt slightly less on me. You feel a little bit more or less than I thought as compared to my thoughts, but, um, where I think the only place we really differ is just how the negatives affected your experience, but I don't disagree with most of your negatives. What I would say is to echo your sentiments on the positives, the visual effects, according to letterbox, I'll plug letterbox as well. I've seen three over 3000 movies. Of the 3,000 movies I've seen, this has the best visual effects I've ever seen. Like, that I've ever seen. And I hate 3D. I'm so fucking happy I saw this movie in 3D. (laughs) Like, it was insane how well done it was. Mm -hmm. And I usually hate when movies have different frame rates. This movie, Yahtzee'd like seven different frame rates throughout the whole movie. And I thought it worked really well. For the most part, I thought it worked really well. Mm. Um... In regard to the story, here's what I'll say. Everything that you just said is kind of how I feel about the first Avatar movie. In that, that movie glosses over... I have a twin brother who's dead, but um, since my genetic code is the exact same and they really need this project to go forward, they chose me in like two minutes. And I'm like, that's so interesting. I would love to spend some time with that concept. Like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. But this movie... While I agree the faults of the movie are in its, not the story, the way it tells the story, like the narration, I also hate. And I have a feeling every single Avatar movie is going to do it because the first two have done it and they keep making money. So they probably won't stop doing that. But where I'll disagree with you is I think the story of this film is much better than the story of the first film. And I was along for the ride during this story. Now, is the story simple? absolutely it's a very simple story it's bad people back we run we meet new tribe we learn to hunt like new tribe we use new skills from new tribe to fight that's the story it's a not a new story it's a familiar story kind of like how avatar one was just pocahontas in space Mm -hmm. this story is also familiar but i don't think familiar necessarily means poor where i'll meet you with the dialogue is I think every human character here's the funda here, here here's what it is Kyler the fundamental pr- problem with the Avatar movies. They convince me through movie magic that the Navi are real. I don't think the human characters are real. <laughs> I think they are cartoon characters because of how they speak because their dialogue is ridiculous yeah and it's one thing if it's one character it's like gi joe dialogue and it's it's one thing if one character spoke like that they all speak like that like another james cameron movie aliens 
the reason why Bill Paxton's character is great is because he's the only character that speaks like that. Mm-hmm. And everyone else around him is like, God, like this guy, you know. <laughs> Every human character is like that. Most of the human actors, I mean, they're all human actors. Jesus, see, Navi are real. But <laughs> like all of the actors who are not Navi, most of them don't do very good jobs. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that is the only like big flaw with this world and with this movie to me. I, like you said, the action sequences are phenomenal. The story, the way that it expands on the world and you get to live in this world, I like. I liked the length of the movie, personally. You know how I feel. I love cutting stuff out of movies. I'm like, that can go, that can go, that can I go. I think a three-hour long movie can work. I love Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. specifically the extended cuts. Mm-hmm. Those are all three hours long. Yeah there's something driving the movie forward scene after scene after scene where you want to keep watching and uncovering what's next. Mm-hmm. This movie doesn't do that. It, it drags. It feels like it takes a long time. And I know James Cameron had his thing in masterclass, which if you guys are watching this, you've probably seen that too, <laughs> which is, Oh, uh, I, if I want to watch it because I just want to watch it because of the way it looks, then other people probably do too. Sure. I'm sure other people mm-hmm. want to watch that. I don't, you know, I, yeah, where I'll, I see exactly what you're saying. Where I'll disagree is normally whenever I say, when I criticize a movie for its length or that it drags too long, or I think it's too long, I immediately go with it's too long and you could cut this scene and you wouldn't lose anything in the movie. I don't think there's a scene in avatar two that can be cut. They could cut the entire montage scene when they first get to the water tribe see i don't think so i think that's really important to the movie especially later on with their it you, they you, could you, cut you have the to sell scene. that relationship am i allowed to get into spoilers right now uh, um it made 430 million dollars can i get into spoilers no, no, a little let's, bit let's <laughs> be vague the daughter a lot of her stuff in in the movie just in mm-hmm. general around her and the her abilities and her yeah. abilities and whatever none of it comes to fruition at the end in what they set up they do affect the movie in very minuscule ways but not in how they were alluding to mm-hmm. they even made they had a whole scene two scenes around what she can and can't do anymore and how it's going to yeah, how it could be very threatening to people or her or whatever. Never brought up again. They're set, they set stakes for no reason. So just cut all that stuff out. That could have saved a lot of time. So I'm sure that there's other things that I could bring up, but I don't want to get too yeah, far into spoilers. Yeah. But do you know what I, I mean? I, I, know exa- I know exactly what you're saying. Okay. And I'm not using this as an excuse. I'm just thinking as to why it wasn't cut. It's because I have a feeling in the other Avatar sequels, that's going to come into play. But, it's, but so. it's not an excuse for it being... But but even... If you're going to set it up in the movie... But even then, but but to me, even then when you're like, oh, well, it didn't do what it alluded to. But it still did something. It still came through. No, but it didn't. It, and that's why I can't did. get too far into it right now. All right. At the very end of the review, we'll go into it. Okay. But I, I just quickly want to say, um, overall, I, I really liked the movie. I was very taken aback by it. Because I was not the biggest fan of the first Avatar movie. I don't hate the first Avatar movie, but 
Avatar, when it came out, was one of those things where everyone was like, oh my god, Avatar, Avatar, Avatar. And I was like, I mean, it was all right, you know? Which is kind of how you feel on this movie. But I, it worked for me. I think it just connected with me on an emotional level. And it was a genuine experience. And I think on that level, it worked for me. And it's not without its flaws. Another flaw I'll give you, there's two actors who you think could not be able to come back to, the, to this movie who were in the first movie that come back. One story reason for them coming back, I bought. And I was like, that's very interesting. One was ridiculous. And I was like, no, <laughs> just no. Can you tell me who you're referring to? All right, we're going to get into spoilers now. So spoiler alert for Avatar 2, and then you can do your thing. Okay. Bringing back Sigourney Weaver, I thought was very well done. That was interesting. Mm. They, didn't, yeah, yeah. they didn't know that the body was pregnant and it gives birth to a girl, and then that's Sigourney Weaver playing the teenager. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's very interesting. Stephen Lang, the general coming back, mm-hmm. I was like, F- no. <laughs> like, that is that makes zero sense. Because then they did a whole, here's what you can cut. They did a whole exposition scene where he's talking to his younger self on the computer of like, when you wake up, that means I'm dead. That You gotta make sure you his have your memory. His character didn't make sense, and the problem was... His character was the main antagonist for the entire movie. Yeah. And there was no reason for him, period. Yeah. And no re- and he's the main antagonist that, if anything, drives the movie forward. Yeah. Because the, the, Jake Soleil and the family, they're not driving anything. They're just trying to live their lives. They're yeah. like, man, I just have a family. I yeah. want to protect my family. And I want to <laughs> live in the water now because I'm yeah. protecting my family from this crazy general yeah. who, for some reason, has the entire backing of humanity <laughs> saying, we'll fund this. We'll we'll let you kill him for apparently no reason. Just go get your go get your minerals. Go get your whale brain stuff. Go colonize. Why do you have to follow this guy around and start burning down hundreds? Like it it doesn't make sense. It and doesn't make sense. You're gonna you could tell at the end of the movie they're setting up like a redemption arc for him. And I'm just like, why? Why are we doing this? Yeah, the him? way they set that up, it's like so unsubtle. Because yeah. they have that spider kid, yeah. who may or may not be his son or whatever. It de- definitely was his son. Yeah, I yeah. know, I know, but. Uh, and then he's like, mm, you've been horrible this whole time, but okay, I'll save your life. You're my dad. Yeah. And then he saves him. And then this guy's like, come on, son, thinking that maybe the son is going to be a part of his life now and they're going to rule the world together for some reason. Uh, and then he's like, no, I hate you. Like, <laughs> Leave him. You didn't kill him. Yeah. You didn't have to do anything. Yeah. It was so dumb. Yeah, that that whole character was mm-hmm. dumb, and the problem was the movie relied too much on that character. Go into your thing that you were going to earlier that I told you to be vague on. Yeah, so the older sister. Yeah, the Sigourney Weaver one. Yep. Okay. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's daughter. Mm-hmm. She has some special ability where uh, at one point in the movie she connects to the spirit tree underwater mm-hmm. and she like starts having a electrical circuit mm-hmm. break like she, her lights are going on and off like literally and then she has a seizure and they're like man we don't know what to do. So then they get the scientists in which they came out of nowhere all of a sudden that was weird and then the uh, 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 Kate Winslet's character was like I'm mm-hmm. gonna go do some acupuncture like spirit yeah. stuff and then she revives. They're like, hey, you can't do... They explicitly say she cannot connect to the spirit tree anymore. If she does, she will die. But, like, they make a very, very keen point to bring that up. 
So the whole time at the end, when the eclipse happens again, and well, the first time she had the seizure, the eclipse happened, she mm-hmm. connected, and that's when everything went haywire. The eclipse happens, the climax is happening with the fight scenes at the end, everyone's in turmoil, she's the only one that can maybe do something to help save them. You're like, oh, everything's adding up. She's in the water. She's the only one that can do something. So maybe she's going to have to risk her life by connecting to the spirit tree to like try and do something and save her family. Uh, the eclipse is happening. So it's the, it, everything is set up in the same exact way and the same order. So it feels very much like they were setting up for that. And then they didn't do it. Instead, she did this wavy thing with her hand, had uh, some light shrimp looking krill thing go and find her mom screw the dad and the brother i guess and then she used the uh, underwater breathe mm-hmm. ability thing mm-hmm. that uh, everyone has mm-hmm. but she didn't bring multiple she brought one for herself and then went to go find the mom you're like what what happened there mm-hmm. it was just it was so unfulfilling it was so unwarranted it was so unnecessary to bring up any of the previous stuff unless you're planning to include it in future movies However, they did it horribly. Something that they didn't do horribly was introducing her as being Sigourney Weaver's daughter Mm -hmm. because you're going to learn more about that in future movies. And you could tell that that was just a seed being planted. Mm -hmm. In this movie, they made too big of a point with what I just mentioned for it to be in future movies. That should have been paid off in this movie. No, that that I agree with. I didn't know that's what you were referring to. I thought you were referring to her just being at one with this spiritual world of the No, I mean, I'm sure that's going to come up time and time again. Yeah, yeah. But that specific That specific thing I wasn't even thinking because about. Because yeah. there were multiple scenes. There were mm-hmm. two... There's like probably a good 10 minutes of this stuff going on where that, they explicitly say, yeah, no, that's, basically to the audience, she can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And then... You're like, oh man, she's gonna have to do it at the end, mm-hmm. and then she doesn't do it. Yeah. Like, no, no that's point? that's fair. Yeah, no, I didn't even think about that. Um, I and I also think emotionally. Now, now that we're just doing spoilers, I'll just do this briefly. Um, the oldest son dying, I felt. Now, and it sucked because they had to, because you could tell Jake was really affected by it, but he had to be the one that was like, we gotta go. But like, the relationship with the oldest brother and the youngest brother, especially. You know what I noticed? I make so many movies about brothers. I do not have a brother. (laughs) 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 But like uh, the like that relationship I really felt throughout the movie and the oldest brother dying was really emotionally impactful. And I think will be a good new set point for the arcs of the rest of the families going forward. And I liked I liked the water tribe a lot. I thought they were funny as hell. I liked the the dad leader. I don't know. Just something about him was just like it all felt cool. very. Uh, I, I liked it, and I also felt like it was it was very cheesy, too. You know, but not in a bad way. Just yeah. in a okay, like it's, this it's a little cheesy, the, but yeah. it's not it's not like bad cheesy. Yeah, you know, I know what you mean. And with the brother dying, yeah, that was really good. Uh, how they handled it. Um, I think the. I think they wrote themselves into a corner though, mm-hmm. and that's why he died. Yeah, they wrote. Uh, they wrote themselves in the corner in that the the dad was just an asshole the entire time to the other son. Mm-hmm. And they were like, man, how do we get this son to stop being on a shit list? Mm-hmm. Uh, kill the other brother. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt. Yeah. So, and yeah, then even that. when he died, he's like, where were you? You're like, dude, what What do you mean? Where was I? Yeah. Like, I do you want me to jump in front of the bullet? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't see it. Sorry. It's, it, it was, I, I get what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But again, it just leads back to the characters are so one-dimensional that 
it doesn't leave room for any gray. It's black and white for everything, apparently. And that's how the whole movie felt. I see that. And I think they're achieving arcs through black and white, but I do agree that there's no gray. I, and I do hope that through the sequels, because I think you create a very interesting gray with the other brother. Like, I, I honestly feel like you could do a storyline of him joining the, the Sky people. Mm-hmm. I think you could really could explore that. Granted, I have no idea if that's what they're going to do. But, yeah, regardless, thank you for giving me your thoughts on Avatar The Way of Water, Kyler. <laughs> I, I like it more than he does. I did overall enjoy the movie. I actually really I liked it a lot. It might be in my top ten of the year. But Whoa. yeah. But you haven't seen enough movies this year. <laughs> I've seen just a, the same amount as you. <laughs> um actually maybe less because I don't watch a whole lot of streaming movies. Mm. But I will say we're we're towards the end of the year and normally around New Year's is when I'm like I call out of work and I just fucking <laughs> Watch like twelve streaming all the movies I, I missed. I think it it might be in your top ten for now. Give it two more weeks. There's we'll a see. lot of good movies that are out right now that I don't think you've seen yet. I uh, yeah I the only ones I really really want to see that I haven't seen yet are Tar, She Said, Women Talking, and um, there's another one. The Whale Triangle of Sadness. The Whale Triangle of that? Sadness. Um, those oh and um this movie that came out earlier this year that I haven't seen yet the B J Novak movie. Oh uh, uh oh my god! But I heard it was really good. Hold on, I, really I have watch it. pulled up right here. Mm-hmm. B J Novak. Yes, I haven't seen it yet either. Um, here it is. Vengeance. Yes, I'm going to see that because H- Hannah's brother Chris saw it and he loved it. It's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah. I heard, I've heard. i only heard good things about it too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, ah, we're, we're coming up on Oscar season, Kyle. We're coming <laughs> up on the best time of the year. It's better than Christmas. It's my favorite time of the <laughs> whole year. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. But uh, yes, that's that was all we had on the show for you guys today. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe again to the Movie Nights YouTube channel for your shows and movie reviews. Uh, pretty soon, we're going to be activating channel memberships once we figure out some special things we can offer you guys. So we'd love to interact with you in that way. You can also check us out on our social media channels where we post updates, short video clips, and more. Those links can be found in the video description. Kyler, you want to plug anything one more time before we go? Yep. Find me on YouTube. Check the description. Uh, you'll get to see more YouTube uh, more movie reviews <laughs> that I give uh, by myself where I just talk to a screen. Uh, you'll also get to see uh, my streaming schedule where I will play video games or mostly just talk about movies at this point because it's more enjoyable. Um, <laughs> uh, also, um, you'll see my stuff on Letterboxd and I'm very active on that. So check out my channel. I tag my letterbox and everything follow me i will follow you back i would love to see your opinions on things as well so yes awesome thank you so much for joining guys and uh next week we're not gonna have a show because it's christmas and then the next week is the first show of the new year and we're gonna have a lot of fun stuff planned for you guys then (laughs) so thank you guys for watching and we'll see you next year